Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate 9to5er turned top producing realtor and coach. Along the way to growing a top 1% attraction-based real estate business, I became obsessed with all things marketing systems, scaling, and social. But it wasn't always easy, and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction, and know-how to make it happen. So I created the Market Authority Show to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from timeless principles and today's cutting edge strategies. Here, we always keep it real and never shy away from the topics that you are dying to know more about but can never get a straight answer to. Clients, growth, family balance, failure, and how to navigate an ever-changing real estate industry are just a few of the topics that we're going to tackle together. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on and all are welcome here. So let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this live podcast, this live stream. I am so excited to welcome you. And if you are listening to the replay, you are in the right place. I am pumped to welcome a very special guest to the show, Sarah Sperber. And she is an alum of the Market Authority Academy and is so excited to share an incredibly inspiring story with us today as how she was able to transform her business and life with a little help through the Market Authority Academy. She is a go-getter, a mom, and a creative entrepreneur who found her way to success as a newly licensed real estate agent or a newer licensed real real estate agent with the Market Authority Academy. So in this episode, you are going to show or you're going to hear how Sarah went from being that newer agent struggling with having no leads to really building a thriving business with design and structure in line with her values and how she wanted to live her life as well. Um, She shares how she was able to leverage the power of social media and strategies that she learned from the Market Authority Academy to accomplish this in just a couple of months. We'll dive into her journey through the ups and downs of the real estate market, her experience with joining and leaving a team, and the key systems and strategies that have transformed her business and her personal life. So I am so excited to welcome Sarah to the show. And we have viewers from all over the world who are tuning in to this live stream where we are connecting together over this great story. So leave a comment with where you're at. Let me know if you can hear me and see me okay. And in just a moment, we're going to bring Sarah on and get this party started. Now, if you are just watching the replay, go ahead and leave replay in the comments too. So I know that you're digging in and settling in for this awesome live case study. Okay, so we are going to go forward with Sarah. We're going to uncover her inspiring story and learn valuable lessons from her experiences in the ever-changing world of real estate. So this episode is going to be packed with insights authenticity, and the inspiration that you need to take your real estate business to the next level, just like Sarah did. So without further ado, let's bring her on. Good morning. Hi, Sarah. How's it going? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing well, too. And I'm so excited to be here live. I think this dynamic is so cool. So thanks for being game to hop on with me live. I just finished a really quick intro. um, And I know that our audience is going to be so excited to hear from you. So to kick us off, would you mind sharing a little bit about a story about your story for those who have not met you yet? Sure. So my entry into real estate actually began in show business. Um, up until 
you know, the COVID era, I was a career aerialist, dancer, showgirl, singer, performer in the casinos around Reno, which is in the market that I'm in. Um, and then like so many people, when COVID came, it devastated my career and my kind of trajectory, which at the time felt, you know, dramatic and like something was being taken from me. But, you know, in hindsight, I'm kind of realizing how important that moment was for me. Um, so I, during the lockdown, decided to get my real estate license and just kind of went with that and never looked back. Um, and actually now I'm kind of doing both. I produce shows still and perform, but I'm also doing real estate alongside that. I love that. So it's it hasn't been like you know, the most clean cut ride as it never truly is. We always think getting into real estate, like, oh, this will be great. This will be easy. What <laughs> what was that like um, self-talk or mindset getting into this side of the business when you began? Well, you know, it's funny because when you're in show business, especially in like the circus realm, people don't take you seriously outside of that. They're like, you do what? You climb on sheets and <laughs> do backflips and what are you doing? Like, okay. And so to me, like real estate felt like such a like big girl job and career path. And it felt like, okay, like I'm going to enter the professional world now. And then you get into real estate and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's actually the same thing. I'm just still chasing contracts. Like that's what I'm doing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like wondering where my next paycheck is going to come from, you know, and that's kind of how it is for a while. And I mean, to be honest with you, still kind of how it is in some, some ways, but um you know, I think that it was a really natural progression. My lifestyle's always kind of been one where autonomy was really important. And so um, I think that moving into real estate was a really natural progression. I also, at like a really young age, purchased my first home. And through all the crazy ups and downs of being in entertainment, um, that was one thing that really helped me financially, like making that decision early on when Reno was a place that nobody wanted to live. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just holding on to that with dear life, no matter what it took, and then being able to use equity and appreciation and all the things that we know now that homeownership can do for you. Um, kind of like held me down in a way throughout my weird performing career. So <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny how you get to have that perspective of like, look, this is actually something that can provide so much safety and security for you, even when like the world collapses, right? <laughs> like it did during the pandemic and being able to come into the profession with that level of like, that level of understanding of what it is we can help our friends and family actually accomplish has to drive us a little bit, right? Absolutely. And, you know, people jam it down your throat like this is a relationship business and you really don't understand what that means until you understand what that means, um, if that makes sense. And like when you realize and see firsthand the way that you're helping people and serving people and what a big monumental deal it is in their life. And like I can tell you stories about even a client I recently helped. But I mean, you just realize like, wow, I'm really like the catalyst for changing people's lives. And then it has this whole other meaning and weight. And um, and yeah, having gone through all that, like firsthand as a homeowner myself, that was, you know, really instrumental in my decision to be part of this industry. I love it. So so how did those early days go? Um, and then what from that experience led you to seek out help with the Market Authority Academy? Sure. So actually, I came out of the gate just flying. I don't know why. 
all of my friends and family trusted me. <laughs> like, literally, I knew nothing. Like I couldn't help them. I knew nothing about contracts. Like I was just flying by the seat of my pants and they were all like, yeah, I'll trust you with like the biggest decision in my life. <laughs> so like out of the gate, I was like, wow, I'm really good at this. Like I have all this business and I'm rocking. And and then once I worked through my immediate sphere, I was like, uh-oh, like now what is going to happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, having been in entertainment and having kind of a presence in social media there and producing events and using social media to market said events, I kind of realized like, that's my strength. If you don't know this, I have an art degree. So like graphic design, anything like art media focused is like something I'm really passionate about. So I was like, that's going to be the thing. Like that's going to be my, my method of trying to make this business work. And so I started going on YouTube, which obviously is one of your main platforms. And, um, you know, there's, there are a lot of coaches out there and a lot of programs and they all say, a lot of the same things, but when I started listening to your videos, they really made sense and they seemed really authentic and they really resonated with kind of the vision that I was having. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to kind of filter through a lot of that to find the people who are going to lead you in the right way. And so I really felt like I found that when I found Market Authority. I love that. So so what were um, what specifically were like the main pain points that you were like, I've got to tackle this? Like, like I have to figure out exactly how to figure this side of the business out so that I can keep going. And by the way, that new agent, um, the new agent luck that you mentioned is something that Karen Ann and I have been talking about a lot recently, because that definitely happened to me a little bit where you get that quick burst. And then after you get to the end of it, you're like, oh, oh no, like now I have to actually go out and look for it. Was that the main thing of just using social media and these other tools to make sure that you can continue finding the next opportunities or um, were there other parts of it too? And I have to apologize in the beginning of your question, the the internet cut out for a sec. So I kind of missed the beginning of it. Could you <laughs> repeat that? Oh no. Um, so, so I was saying specifically when, when you joined the market authority Academy, what was like one of the main things that you're, you were looking to do? Was it like getting help with that social media aspect or learning how to, weave that into an actual marketing strategy for your business long-term? Like where, where specifically were we looking to implement those strategies? Yeah, exactly. So I knew that social media marketing was going to be important. I wanted to leverage that and I knew that, but I didn't know exactly how. Um, And as far as like articulating branding and what that looks like and what that feels like, you know, beyond a lot of people, as you mentioned, Um, associate branding with logos and colors and fonts and like all those things are part of it but really like a brand is what people say about you or think about you when you leave a room right and so Mm -hmm. kind of understanding in this vast sea and of course during COVID times it was even more vast sea of real estate agents um, why me like what makes me stand out what do I have to offer that's unique you know what is it that I do to serve people that really like helps them and is different from the realtor right next to me or the 10,000 <laughs> realtors right next. <laughs> to me. Um, and so all of that was super helpful. And I mean, you know, obviously all the business and metrics and all of that was super important. And at the time of joining, I didn't even realize that, but that became maybe even more so important to my overall strategy. So we can dive into that too. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I definitely want to. Um, I think that what a lot of agents do, and you hit the nail on the head, they they assume that it's like, okay, I have to get the website up. I have to put all my time into a website and I have to design the logo and I have to make sure my like, quote unquote, digital storefront is ready. And it's like, that's not even the thing. You have to- You, you find it anyway. <laughs> I know. You have to be able to help people understand why they should choose you over convenience, over the fact that you're really good at opening doors or putting a sign in the yard. Did Was there a moment when you realized that or is it just over time you thought, dang it, I need to be able to have a little bit more of a, of a verbal presence when I'm speaking with people? Yeah. You know, I think the thing that really sealed the deal for joining Market Authority is the idea of attraction-based marketing. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, a lot of traditional real estate methods, it's chasing, it's stalking. <laughs> if we're being real, it's like cold calling strangers who don't want to talk to you, knocking on doors, paying for expensive Zillow leads or whatever else, like chasing these people who may or may not want to buy, may or may not like you or want to work with you. It's like this whole like disgusting process. And so when you kind of started talking about attracting leads instead of chasing them, it just it was like, ah, okay, that makes so much sense. And like, how do you attract people with your branding? And what is branding? It's mm -hmm. you know, identifying yourself and your moral pillars amongst the sea of other people who do the exact same thing, essentially. So um, yeah, I think the attraction-based marketing was really it for me. How do you try the other kind of more like standard old school types of prospecting? Um. You know, I will tell you, I did join a team for a very brief moment in time. And um, while I was still like maintaining all the social media things. So when the market shifted, which was what, last June or so, yeah, um, I went through kind of my own dark ages is what I called it. Like I kind of freaked out because all of a sudden, like my sphere had already been worked and I had nothing. And um you know, all the all the methods and tactics that you teach in Market Authority, it's a long-term game and it takes time for that to really work and gel. And it hadn't fully done that for me yet. And I was like, well, now what? What am I going to do? And so I panicked. I joined a team and um, on the team, we were given Zillow leads. And are they effective? Like, will they keep you afloat? And like, of course they will. And like, can they yield more business if you nurture them correctly? Of course they can. But like, when push comes to shove, when you start looking at the metrics and how much of how much the cost of that really is, um, as long as you're doing the more long term things and maintaining that, like that ends up being the thing, right? Like that ends up being what yields the biggest take home for you. So, um, as far as like, yeah, the more traditional, like paying for leads, like I've done it um, and I did it, and it served a purpose for me when I. Mm -hmm wasn't fully at the capacity that I'm at right now with all of the things that your program has taught and enabled me to do. But it's not a long-term or sustainable strategy because at the end of the day, like once they go away, if you've done nothing else to sort of like fortify your business, you're not going to have a business. Yeah. It's kind of like all the eggs in one basket and the basket has a hole in it. <laughs> a little bit. Your wallet has a hole in it really <laughs> when you um can you talk do you feel comfortable talking a little bit more about the dark ages um phase yeah. because when you shared that story with me I immediately it resonated with me so much because I know I've had moments like that especially in those in those first couple of years when your business still hasn't really like like you say gelled when things are still kind of in flux 
Um, and I know a lot of other agents have had that experience too. So if you feel comfortable about that, I want to, I want to hear that from you a little bit because it was really powerful for me when you were sharing that. Sure. Yeah. So preface this with like, I had done really well up until that point. And on top of that, I had produced a, like a Cirque show that ran in Reno for five months. And so that ended in May and the market like not crashed, but it didn't crash. We're going to tell everyone forever that it didn't crash because it didn't, but right. you know, it changed. It shifted. Yeah. Interest rates went way higher than they had been. And so the market shifted in a drastic way. And so like that coupled with like the show ending, I just was like beyond myself beside myself, like couldn't get out of bed. I mean, I'm a mom. So like I was getting out of bed and taking, <laughs> but like I was really depressed. I, my husband coined it hashtag crying and applying because I was like, how do I get out of this? What do I do next? Like I have all these skills. I have a marketing skill set, but like on paper, my resume is like aerialist casino performer. Like I just don't look hireable. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, we kind of get to a point where we make ourselves unhirable and it's almost like you are destined to, to be an entrepreneur. Like you have no way out. You have to figure it out. Um, and so, yeah, through all of that time, I was just kind of like bitter, depressed, didn't really feel like confident. Like I had any kind of like purpose in the world. It was, it was pretty dark. Um, and you know, I had been in the market authority for a few months and I kept going to your live trainings and you kept saying, you can't blame the market. You have to find the opportunity and articulate what that is for the people who are looking to you for advice. And it was like, I knew that, but like getting yourself up out of bed to like do that, <laughs> it's easier said than done. But you know, I kind of hit a point where I was like, I I've applied to 400 jobs and not one of them is hiring me. So like, I have to make this work, you know, I have to do it. And so, um, you know, I did at that point, like join a team and it, it, I'll say like, it was like a, a bandaid fix. And, um, for what it was like, I don't regret it. I learned a lot. Um, but I did leverage that period of time. I documented everything on social media, every showing every, like every battle that I won for a client, like it was all very public. And so I think with the amount of, um, production that, excuse me, production that you typically do on a team. It's a lot. Um, and so if you, if you are someone who's on a team who's watching this, like make sure that you're using that to your advantage on social media, because you're going to appear super busy, super successful. Like all you ever do is real estate. And yeah. because it is, it's like you run yourself ragged driving all over God's creation and you are doing a ton of production, but like your take home, like it doesn't, it doesn't really add up at a certain point. And so that's kind of, what I realized through tracking metrics and like when you are leveraging all that, you are being consistent and being very public with everything that you're doing, you are gaining followers. You're gaining people who are seeing all that and don't be fooled. Like a lot of people consume your content silently without following, subscribing, liking, commenting, all of that. Because I get calls all the time from people that are like, I watch all your videos. And I'm like, you do? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know your name, but like, and like, I don't even have a huge following, but it really, it works. It takes a long time. You have to be consistent. Um, but yeah, I mean, really the, the dark ages, it's, it's, it's an eye opening experience because you realize that like there, there's always that threat, you know, the market can always shift and you have to just be able to like find the opportunity, <laughs> I guess. 
Yeah. And, and you know, what I love about what you shared is, is this industry is really cool because there's a lot of different ways to do business. You can join a team, you can try these different things. Like there's always an opportunity available to you and we can afford to be creative. We can afford to try different things and we can live through failure. So if it doesn't work out and it wasn't the right fit the first time, you know, it served its purpose during the time, but it's all about consistently taking action. Because as long as you're taking action and you're getting up out of bed and you're trying to figure out what that next step is and you're showing up on social media, even if you feel like it's the last thing that you want to do, the more you do that, exactly as you say, it creates more momentum and it's like an investment into the future when things do begin rebounding. So I love how you shared that. And I want to acknowledge you for taking that action, um, even when it felt really hard, because I know that's one of the most difficult things that we can do when you just want to give up. Um, but it sounded like life wasn't going to let you give up. <laughs> it's like, no, nope, this is this is where you are. <laughs> well, well, I mean, looking back now, you know, it, it can be helpful to go through something like that to know that you can survive um, what was what feels like the worst in the moment. Um, so when when you started coming out of the dark ages, what were some of the big changes that you started seeing in your business? Yeah, I mean, I started looking at my metrics and this was, you know, kind of sort of at the end of the year, I think it was over the holidays, I had so much business and it was starting to be like 50-50 team leads from Zillow, leads from my own social media stuff. Mm -hmm. And I started calculating it all with you know, the spreadsheets that you provide and the templates and stuff. And I was like, okay, like if I took away all of that, I could survive. But if I took away all of that and joined a brokerage with a better situation and better branding and, you know, that's more like rooted in this community, then like this would just be so much more income, so much less running around. And it's like, you you really don't see that in a tangible way unless you actually run the numbers. Um, do you find, and, and forgive me for interrupting, do you find that um, the story we tell ourselves from what we actually see a lot of times doesn't match up with the numbers if we actually look at the data? Oh, yeah, all the time. And I'm super impatient. Like, I'm not, my husband will be the first to tell you, like, I don't <laughs> like waiting for things. Like, that's, I think, why the market authority was at first really hard for me because these strategies are not, it's not like a quick switch. It's like a very long-term game, but I think once you arrive at this place where it's like it's doing what it's supposed to be doing, it's like the most sustainable way forward. But um, yeah, I mean, we tell ourselves fiction all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So when you talk about monitoring metrics, was there any specific way that we do that that you're like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense? Like any specific tool or strategy that we use for that? Yeah, well, literally, the sheet is called Metrics That Matter. Yeah. <laughs> familiar with that, but um, mm -hmm. you know, within that, there's a lead tracker, there's a deal tracker, there's um, like a quarterly pipeline sheet, and so I use all those. I nice. I have them set in my task reminders in Asana, which is also a tool that you use. Um, and so, actually, literally, my whole life is programmed into Asana right now, and I can't. I can't be away from it. I get anxiety, but it's like when to when to clean the house, when to order groceries, when to pay my car bill, like all of it. Yeah. Of like how to run my real estate business, but you know, within that, there are um, you know cadences for tracking 
you know, your monthly leads, where do your leads come from? Every time you get a lead or every week, you're like making sure it's updated, but like putting in your lead where it came from when you got it. And then, you know, uh, the ultimate goal is seeing like how long it took to mature um, and kind of tracking the metrics there. So like, obviously with Zillow leads, like you say, they are like that last little 10% of the sales funnel. So like they're quick, like you get a Zillow lead from your team, most likely you're going to close that thing within 30 days. So like that's a paycheck, but it's going to be about one third of what it should be for like a real estate deal versus like a YouTube lead. I, I find they take the longest um, mm-hmm. for me, but you know, ultimately that's so worth it because you're getting basically like the whole payout. Um, uh, yeah. So just tracking leads, tracking sources, tracking maturation rates, all of that has been super important. So with that, how long did it take you to start? I want to talk about YouTube a little bit since you mentioned it in terms of like nurture and tracking those those data points. How long do you find it takes you um, to convert a YouTube lead? Ooh, that varies. Um, it does vary. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I have like a really solid metric. I guess I'd say like median would be like six months. Okay. Um, but they're so different. But cause we, you, you know that like when you want to learn something in this day and age, like you're going on YouTube, like how do I change my own oil? How do I like creative hairstyles for my six-year-old daughter? Like we're looking on YouTube. That's how we educate <laughs> ourselves. So when somebody is thinking about moving to a new community, they're looking up. And I mean, I do it too. And I'm like going on vacation somewhere. I'm like things to do and wherever we're going. And, um, and that's where you learn. And so I feel like when people are searching for community information, school information, you know, whoever it is that's moving here, they're looking for info on that community on YouTube. And so like everyone that you talk to, all of the leads that come in through YouTube, they're like, they already feel like they know you. The quality of the lead is so much different from a paid lead you're not a random stranger they're calling you because they want to talk to you um so that whole weird like i have to warm them up like that on edge like anxious initial communication just goes away um so that's been really nice and i that was like a stark difference between like the leads i was getting on the team and the leads i was generating through market authority it's like yeah, you, you're like basically cold calling a Zillow lead. You're like, hi, I saw that you want to see a home at 132 Main Street. Like, it's just like yeah. so weird. Oh so my gosh. Weird. And then half the time they ghost you after you set the appointment. <laughs> but you know what was interesting, I will say, is like when you're working a database that big with like Zillow leads and all the team people thrown in, um, you can actually leverage all of your social media stuff to educate them, to save your own time and not repeat yourself. Like, or, you know, I'll, every month, and if you guys follow me or know me, you already know this, but you'll get a text message every month with my market update YouTube video. Um, and so it's just a quick way to get your face and voice and personality in front of people, even if you're not like generating leads from it. And I mean, I have to say, I think I have like less than 200 subscribers, but I get a lot of leads from there. So a lot of people are, are watching and not subscribing. Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm I'm so glad that you mentioned that too because um that that goes down to what we think a lot of is layered marketing and layered follow-up. Um when I started using Instagram a lot, I found that for me like conversion was the big thing where social media was helping, like generating leads absolutely. But it doesn't matter how many leads you're generating if you're really struggling with converting them. 
Um, and, and you're constantly on that like lead hamster wheel. And so I love that you found to layer that into some of the other types of follow-up, um, the nurturing, the, the conversion part, it, the more you can make your content work for you, um, the better. And you guys definitely check out Sarah Sperber on YouTube. Her name is right on her little video. You can check out her channel. Um, and she's got a great YouTube channel. Are you using that with Instagram? Are those the two main platforms right now, Sarah? Yeah. Um, yep. Both of those. And then database marketing, which, and I'll admit, like I've, I've kind of outsourced a lot of this at this point because it's just, I, you know, if you do it all and you can, and in the beginning you probably should, because I feel like a good management structure for any business is like understanding every layer of how the business operates. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, I can confidently say that I understand how to use all my video editing software and I understand all of my marketing platforms, but I don't, that's not the highest and best use of my time anymore. Um, that doesn't really like sitting there and editing yourself talk (laughs) is not going to help you think the big, like visionary thoughts. And so when you get to a point where you're putting out enough, like output marketing, um, then I think maybe it's time to think about like bringing somebody in. But um, yeah, YouTube, Instagram, I am on TikTok. Admittedly, it's mostly just uh, regurgitating old Instagram videos. Yeah. Um, But at least it's there. I'm on LinkedIn. Same thing. I mean, I, you know, reuse the same piece of content everywhere. I also have, so we'll, we can talk about this, but I also have um, a virtual assistant who will take all my YouTubes and, and make transcripts from them. And then I use those as a blog on my um, website. And then on top of that, we, we've just started exploring Pinterest and she's really kind of taken the lead on that, but we're reusing all my old content. She's taking images from my Instagram, um, blog posts, YouTube videos, and kind of putting them all into a Pinterest page. We're going to see how that works. I don't know. It's an experiment. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, database marketing has been huge. I love that. That is so cool. And and if you're listening to this and you want to learn how to implement these strategies and, and find out how we do this in the Market Authority Academy as well, all the details are on the show notes of the YouTube where this video is streaming to. Um, but you can also post a comment in the chat and we will send you our email where you can email us and book a call to, to learn about the Market Authority Academy. Okay, so we've talked about a couple of different things. We talked about the branding so that you can really focus on helping people understand why they need to hire you over your competition, which is also where we come up with great content. We talked about the metrics. We talked about the social media strategies. Now I want to talk about the delegation. And when you shared that story about bringing on your virtual assistant, I was like cheering like, yes, this is so cool. So walk me through um, that process and and maybe share a little bit about how the work that you had done with some of the MAA systems have helped you better enable that delegation and growth. Sure. So if you follow all this stuff in the MAA, you're going to end up getting to a point where other people are going to come to you and be like, can you help me with my social media? Can you help me create content? And like, if you're like me, you can't say no to things and then you end up taking on too much dangerous, slippery slope. Um, so while I was on the team, I ended up becoming their social media person, helping them film, editing all their videos, like managing their account. And I was like, Oh my God, this is too much. Like I can't have taken on too much. Um, and when I started kind of thinking like, I might be ready to admit that I've outgrown this situation. Like I started looking at like, how can I outsource some of this? And, um, I ended up finding, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I found my assistant, with the thought that she was going to be helping offload some of the team stuff. Um, And then I ended up realizing that she 
was so wonderful and that I could really outsource her for all of my own stuff. Um, and that's kind of how it started. It was just little crumbs and I just kept adding and adding. And now we have like full blown weekly schedule. She's in Asana. I have her weekly task list there. And like, you know, she does everything from, she edits all my videos. She makes all my thumbnails for YouTube. And Elise, if you're listening, she's probably listening. Thank you. You're so awesome. <laughs> um, she helps me even with strategy. Like she'll go onto TikTok or Instagram and, and send me videos and be like, what if we tried this? Like, look at what this creator's doing in a different industry. You could totally do this for real estate. Um, I don't know if you guys follow me on Instagram or TikTok, but I did one kind of recently where I personified all the Reno bars. I'm not even a car person. Like I'm a mom. I don't go out past eight o'clock. <laughs> but I just felt like it would be kind of a heavy hitter. So I like put on a different outfit for every one of the bars in Reno. And I even had one of my drag queen friends come over and put me in full drag. And I did like a gay bar in town that does drag shows. And like that just went, I mean, viral for me, but it went viral like on both platforms. And now I have like all these followers and all I did was play dress up. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so funny. So she helps me with that. Like I mentioned, she'll convert videos into transcripts that can be used for blogs. Um, she's done a whole lot of research about Pinterest and kind of articulated what our strategy should be there as far as like when to post, what to post, um, you know, frequency and cadence and what kind of like language we should be using. Mm -hmm. um, this last week, we started talking about Google My Business or Google Business um, mm -hmm. because that is in our community a, a really big source of business for a lot of small business owners. My husband owns a mobile de a mobile detailing company, and um, he gets like all of his all of his clients from Google My Business for free. And I'm like, well, I should be doing that. Yeah, <laughs> a lot more competitive in real estate. But um, so she's been researching, you know, the best ways to do that, how we can repurpose content from other places and put it there. So, I mean, really, she's kind of like my right hand gal. <laughs> she does everything that, um, you know, I can't get to or don't necessarily enjoy doing so that I can kind of put my brain where it needs to be coming up with content ideas, really nurturing the relationships with my database. So making sure that like my birthday cards, my Popeyes and all, all the things that matter, client events in person because she's overseas, like making sure that everything on the ground here is really running smoothly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how I could run this business without her at this point. So you feel that way now, but when you started, were you feeling a little apprehensive about like, oh my gosh, am I really ready? Can I sustain the amount of work that she's going to need? Like, did you have some of those, those thoughts and feelings? I mean, you always have that, right? Like I'm sitting here in this office that I rent now by myself and every week I'm like, mm, could I do this at home? Half the time I work from home anyway. But I mean, like I, I know that I'm more productive here and it's like sometimes having a little bit of blind faith and just trusting the process is, is the best way. Um, and I will say that with Elise, my assistant, it's, it's been a very slow, gradual progression. So yeah. It's trial and error, right? Like if, if I'm paying her to do stuff and that stuff isn't like yielding a bottom line number, then, you know, we, we rework and, and figure out another way or something else. But, um, so far I don't regret any of it. And it's like, you always talk about automating authentically. 
So I think if if you are someone who's listening, who's thinking about, you know, bringing someone on, make sure that that someone can like not impersonate because you want to be authentic, but somebody who can really like understand your tone and how you kind of maneuver through social media. I mean, she's kind of like shadowed me on social media for so long that now, um, and if you're not in the market authority, this won't make sense, but we do, or I'll explain it, but it's a 10 by 10 by five. So Mm -hmm. it's one of the techniques that Stephanie talks about where you go 10 across to all the stories and engage with 10. And then you go down in your feed and engage with 10. And then you find five new in the search tab, five new accounts to engage with. And that's really to me where you get new followers and build new relationships. And so I felt like it was weird to have her doing the tens because she's not me. And so if she was like chatting with somebody who knows me, they'd be and said something like, you know, like something weird. They'd be like, Sarah, I saw you last week and I was wearing this shirt. Like, what do you mean? Nice shirt. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Right. I was like, okay, we won't do the tens, but I've completely offloaded the five part of the 10 by 10 by five onto her. And it's amazing. Like literally every time I open Instagram, it's like you have five new followers and then you can read all the comments she's left and they're like uncanny. Like it's literally, (laughs) I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So that's been really cool. Have you guys just, this is just a, this is just a selfish question because this is like my new personality. Have you been utilizing ChatGBT with some of that and helping her formulate some of her communications with that? I don't know that she uses it. She probably does. I mean, she's like a marketing expert, so I'm sure she does, but I've used it for sure. Um, And your recent lesson on that was like really helpful about how to use it and how to get what you need out of it and going further in depth, because obviously you can say like, tell me three great things about living in Reno or like something really surface and it will spit those things out. But like at the end of the day, who cares? Right? Like I love what you said about like, pretend you are I don't know, a travel expert and I'm going to give you all these things and you're going to give me this. I mean, when you, you can really ask it for things. And recently I've been using it to help me kind of write the script for the next show that I'm creating. And it's wild. You can be like, pretend you're a Cirque du Soleil writer and I'm going to give you themes and characters and I want you to put them all into a plot. I mean, it'll write a whole script for you. It's wild. It is so crazy. It's so crazy. I found I found that with delegating, it's been super helpful. Um, and also refining some of the workflows that we already use has been really, really nice. But because we also, um, we have amazing support on our team from an offshore assistant. And, and I, I think that sometimes people get a little concerned about that. They're like, I don't know. I don't know if that's right for me. Um, you know, they, they might have different stories in their head of what that would look like. But honestly, when you have the right systems, you have the right tools and you know exactly what it is you want them to do, they're incredibly highly trained. They are so excited to, um, they take a lot of pride in their work just from my experience. And so being able to help continue to find tools for them to excel is great. And then you get to the place where you're at now where like, I can't, I can't do the level of output that I'm doing without somebody else. Like it is unbelievable how much more you can accomplish, even just one more person helping you on, on, on the side of what you're doing. Yeah, totally. And you, you touch on this a lot in all this in the sales training calls, but I mean, really at the end of the day, did any of us get into real estate to be workaholics? Like, did we get into real estate to neglect every other part of our lives? And like, mm-hmm. and having gone down that rabbit hole, like, Q4 of last year, like it's not where I want to be. Um, and I don't think it's necessary to be there either. 
you know, there's no point in having a real estate career or any career for that matter, if you are not able to be present with your family, not able to like leave town for a weekend here and there, not able to, I mean, for me, like maintaining the entertainment stuff was like always something when I look back at like my 90 day letter to myself that we write in the beginning of market authority, that was like number one. It was like, I want to be able to keep being creative and doing other things that are passions and make me happy. And, you know, now I'm like at this place where I'm 35 and I'm like, I, I want to stay fit. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I want to just throw it all away because I'm a mom and a workaholic. Like that's just not healthy. I want to live a long life. And so, um, bringing on help and bringing in support so that you can gain part of your life back. I mean, for me, that's been like such a pivot and, and using some of the tools like Asana started out as like, here's everything I have to get done in a day. And if I don't, then it's, you know, like I'm going to crumble. And now it's like, you can only do these things in a day, Sarah, and then go take a break. (laughs) Like yes, overdo it because you will, (laughs) and then you'll burn out. Well, that's, it's so hard when you, when you get stuck in startup mode for a long time, it's hard to detach from that feeling of like, oh, if I'm not in a certain amount of pain, I must not be doing enough. And it's like, no, you, you do have to go through a little bit of pain. <laughs> there's a little pain in the beginning because you have to set everything up and there's the learning curve of understanding how to use these different workflows. And then you get to take a breath and you get to take a step back and you get to let things continue to work for you. Um, and then it's a process of what you're doing now. And you'd mentioned this a couple of times in a few different ways of just iterating, like, okay, this wasn't quite right. We need to change things, move this over here um, and just continue to refine the process. Totally. It's kind of like, if you think about any other career path where we associate it with success, like if you think about like a surgeon or a doctor, like before you get to that place where the doctor's operating on your brain, there's like a front desk person. There are like 10 nurses that come in and take your vitals. There's like some, a scheduling person that even got you there. There's like all these other people. And then the doctor who's like this very highly trained, skilled professional comes in and does the really important jobs that matter. And mm-hmm. I think my goal is really to get to a place where like, that's what I'm using my brain power for in my real estate business. It's not, I mean, sure. Could I edit my videos? Sure. But like, do, like, is that the best use of my brain? Like, absolutely not. And, you know, we all go through moments in our business where you have to do all those things and you should know how to do them in case that comes or in case my assistant needs a vacation. Like I'm going to have to do all that for whatever period of time. But like, is that like consistently what you should be focusing on? Is that going to yield the most growth? Like, I don't think so. I love that. Oh my gosh. This has been, I could talk to you forever on this and and this has been a lot of fun. And I want to just acknowledge you for being so vulnerable and open and sharing your experience um, as we as we kind of start to close out, if you're still listening um, and we've had people watching this entire live stream, and by the way, I don't know if you can see the comments on your end, but we've got Erica uh, cheering you on, and we have um, we have Caitlin cheering you on. So we've got a lot of people who are like, "Yay, loving this content!" So thank you for your time and being so generous with your story. I want to, as we start um, wrapping this up, if if you're still listening. If you want to apply to the Market Authority Academy and learn how this might be able to work in your situation, the details are in the show notes of this YouTube. So go to the caption. All those details will be there. Um, Cara says, this has been great. Penelope says, very insightful. We're so happy that you guys are hanging out with us. And if you're interested in learning more, book a call at the link in the caption or send us an email at hello at stephanielugo.com and we'll get you squared away. 
Sarah, what I want to hear from you as we kind of wrap this up um, is looking back to the dark ages and looking back to where you are now, what would you tell yourself in that moment when you're trying to get out of bed and trying to show up and do the best you can, even when you're just like want to run away and hide? What would you yeah. tell that that version of yourself where, with where you are now? Get up. You have no other choice. <laughs> and <laughs> good things await, you know, I mean, it's going to take time, but you don't always know what you're being prepared for, you know, like sometimes having that like grit is like, you always can go back to that place of strength where it's like, I literally hit rock bottom and I didn't crumble. And like, I always know that like, no matter what, like, like I will persevere. <laughs> um, so yeah, just if you are somebody who's like in that weird space right now and with the market being really volatile, like I think a lot of agents are and, I think that that's just like a fact of life. If you're in this industry, like it's, it's not always going to be selling sunset. Like it's just not, you know, it's going to be sometimes how do I get up out of bed? What do I have to do? But the thing that's going to hold you down is like really showing up and being consistent, even when it doesn't feel worth it. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. If there's, if there's one tool in the MAA toolbox that you, could not lose everything else goes away but there's one thing that you're like this is what i gotta keep forever and you're hanging on to it just just randomly curious what is it just one i know just one. <laughs> um for me it's the pipeline sheet because that's telling me who the people are that i need to really be focusing on it's breaking down the potential for you know all my metrics for the quarter it's kind of like a hot sheet of of what needs to be focused on and who, who it is that's like coming my way. So it's also in some ways telling you what's working. I love that. Okay. And then final question, looking ahead, what is one goal this year that you're working towards that we can all cheer you on towards? Yeah. Um, for me, it's actually kind of like the opposite of what you might think. I'm trying, you know, I want to maintain my production, but just keep finding ways to scale and automate without losing my life and mm -hmm. <laughs> maintaining my presence with like the people and the experiences that actually really matter because it's all temporary and we all kind of like understand that at certain moments but I just I just really want to make sure that I am doing my job and doing it well and maintaining what I have but not losing sight of the why I love that Okay, we're cheering you on every step of the way. And I'm always here to help support you through that process, through the ups and downs. I want to acknowledge you, Sarah, for being so generous with your time and story, like I said, but also just doing the work, even when it was the last thing that you wanted to do, even when you weren't sure if you were on the right path, and still looking for creative ways to, to add more momentum to your business and taking action. I think that is one of the most challenging things to do in the moment. And the fact that you have always continued to show up even during these ups and downs is always going to serve you. And so I'm just so grateful to um, have a small part of this journey and I'm grateful to be able to help support you along your way. So thank you. And thank you for large, sharing. A large part of my journey. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, and you guys, if you would like to learn more about the Market Authority Academy um, and, and how this can help you as well, all the details are below. Erica in the chat is saying, just do it. 
Um, do you have any last words or any words of encouragement that you might want to share, Sarah, before we hop off? I think we've kind of covered it all, but just keep on going, you guys. Keep doing it. You're helping people. Just keep that in the back of your mind is that it's a service. It's not commission. It's not any of that. You're really like changing lives. I love it. I believe that too. That's so core to everything I hold dear in real estate. I really appreciate it, Sarah. Thank you so much for tuning in with me. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to the marketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.